0: Everybody doing good? Everybody doing good? Are you excited to be at church? All right. Well, we're going to get started here in just a moment. I want to plug something really quick, though. Um, Our Spirit of Giving event that we're able to be a part of every year, we've done this for, I think this is our third year to do this. It's downtown in the courthouse parking lot. Uh, Multiple churches and organizations come together, and they uh, just give stuff away. So there are people that get together and they give away pillows on that day. Uh, We're giving away grocery bags full of food. Uh, We're going to have barbecue sandwiches and things like that there as well. I mean, there's everything, bicycles for kids, everything you can imagine is there. What I wanted to do is kind of update you because you've been hearing for a while that our goal was to reach 200 grocery bags to be able to to give out on that event. Now, this event is, it was two weeks from yesterday. And I wanted to kind of give you an update. Now, some of these, you're going to think, oh, my gosh, how are we going to get there? But I believe we can do it. And if we if we can't get there, then we're going to do the best that we can to get there and fill in where we need to. But we've, we've done all of these items, and I wanted to kind of break them down because we were able to go through and count everything and bag everything up and get all of that stuff ready. And this is what is still, to reach 200, this is what is still needed. Okay, needed. Not what we have, but needed. Uh, we did the cans of chicken. We need five of those to reach 200. So that's that's pretty good. Canned vegetables. We did corn, green beans, things like that. Uh, we still need 74 cans of vegetables in order to get there. Some of you are looking at me right now like, oh, 74 is a big number. <laughs> just wait. Peanut butter. <laughs> peanut butter. Jars, just regular size jar of peanut butter. In order to get to 200, we need 153 to get to 200. 153. Boxes or bags of cereal, we did this one week. Uh, We still need 190 of those, 190. Uh, Crackers, the boxes of crackers have like four sleeves of crackers in there. We need 42 uh, boxes of those. Spaghetti, the actual noodles, 166. Spaghetti sauce, 175. And soups, 172. So we killed it on chicken. We got chicken covered. (laughs) Y'all know how I get some chicken. But, but what we're what we're asking you to do is if you feel led, we're not pushing you to do anything. I just felt like you've been hearing, you know, we want to get 200, we want to get 200, and I thought, well, let's let everybody know where we are. So for that, for the, this Sunday and next Sunday, uh, you can kind of know where we're where we are, where we're at with that. And if you feel led to to get some of that stuff or turn that in next Sunday or during the week, bring it to our house, whatever you want to do, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. And then the church itself is also going to uh, pitch in and help. Make up some of the difference, but we wanted to offer it to you guys and allow you to be a part if you feel led to do that. All right. So today we officially, uh, as a church, we officially enter the Christmas season. Uh, A lot of people, if you're like me, you put your Christmas decorations up like a week before Thanksgiving. So it was like when November 1st gets here, you're like, oh, it's Christmas. And then you catch flack from people that think, well, you're not thankful. Because, you know, I saw this post on Facebook that said, it's not that I'm not thankful. I just want to be holly jolly more than 25 days this year, and so to me, to me, Thanksgiving is almost like a part of Christmas. Like it feels better if you got Christmas decor up to have Thanksgiving, right? I don't know; it's just my thing. But today we're officially entering into the Christmas season as a church, and I hope you're excited. On the 17th, we have our Christmas and Impact service right here. Uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be incredible, and then the on Christmas Eve that morning at 10:30. We're having our Christmas candlelight communion service. It's going to be more of an intimate experience. Uh, I really want to encourage you. You don't want to miss either one of those because there's going to be some special elements and different things that we're going to do. And so it's going to be a great time to celebrate Christmas with your family. And I will tell you on the 17th, we will have, the kids will have their own Christmas experience. On the 24th, they will not. On the 24th, it's families coming together, uh, Christmas music, cookies, you know, the whole, the whole thing. And so we're going to celebrate together on Christmas Eve. And today we're starting this new series for the Christmas season that we've called Missing Christmas. Missing Christmas. And as we kick this off today, I want to talk to you on this subject, uncomplicating Christmas. Uncomplicating Christmas. That's where we're going today in part one of this series. And as we begin, I thought it was only appropriate... I want us to watch a movie trailer of a movie that you might be familiar with. I don't know. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe you haven't. But I want you to check this out before we go where we're going today. Now, has anybody, has anybody seen the movie Christmas with the Cranks? <laughs> this, this movie is all about, uh, if you've seen this movie, it's about a family that almost misses Christmas because they forget what matters most. The whole the plot, the idea, if you watch it from beginning to end, they, you see in there that their daughter, they think their daughter's off, she's not coming home for Christmas, we're just going to skip Christmas. Then when she decides to come home, For Christmas, they're trying to pull off a miracle and they're so preoccupied with everything that they need to get done that they almost miss out on the most important thing. Are you with me? So today we're going to talk about uncomplicating Christmas. Now I I want you to think for just a moment about that time leading up to Christmas when you were searching. Anybody remember, maybe you're dating right now or you're married now and you were dating before, but do you remember the pressure of trying to find the perfect gift for the person that you were dating. Does anybody remember the pressure? And you don't want to get anything. <laughs> you don't want to get anything too extravagant, you know, it's like, well, it's our first Christmas and if I go like way above, I got to top that next year. And it's going to be hard to top that <laughs> next year, so we'll just start here and you plan it out. Come on, if you're a guy, you plan it out in your mind. You know, I'm telling you the truth. You plan it out in your mind, like, well, I can get this this year and this next year and this the year after that, and everything gets better. Every year the gift gets better, you know, instead of starting, you know, way up here and setting the bar extremely high for yourself. But if you're like me, you remember the pressure of trying to find that gift for the person that you're dating. Or what about when you and your your husband or your wife you trying to make the decision of where you're going to travel? Is this an issue for anybody else? (laughs) But when holidays come around, you're trying to decide where are we going and where are we not going? Who are we saying yes to and who are we saying no to? What, what, where are we going to travel and the pressure of that? Then there's those gifts that you, you try to find for your nieces and your nephews when you don't even really know what your nieces or your nephews like. You know, Maybe it's somebody you see them once a year and you, you, know, you draw names and it's like, well, look, I got whoever. I got Aunt Joe's name. I don't know what Aunt Joe likes. I've seen Aunt Joe one time all year long, and now I've got to go buy her a gift, you know? And there's the pressure that comes with trying to find a gift for somebody that you don't even really know what they like. Then there's the question, are we going to be a colored Christmas light family, or are we going to be a white Christmas light family? The struggle's real. <laughs> are we going to put colored Christmas lights on the house? White Christmas lights on the house? No Christmas lights on the house? The tree is going to have white Christmas lights? Are we going LED? Are we going LCD? Are we going, you know, the the old school? What are we, what are we, are they going to blink? Are they going to fade? Are they going to be just on all the time? Do we leave them on at night? Do we unplug them at night? All of these questions and all this pressure that comes with Christmas or it's only a couple of weeks away from Christmas right now I think we're three weeks away about three weeks away and we haven't finished our shopping yet so we got to hurry Black Friday came and went we didn't get it all so now we're trying to figure out well, who can watch the kids and who can, you know, we got to find a sitter, and it's got to be somebody that can, you know, sit long enough because we want to go to Sherman to shop, not not Paris, you know. We don't want to shop locally. We want to go over here. We don't drive an hour away to shop or go to McKinney or to Dallas or Frisco or whatever. So we got to figure all this stuff out so we can get the rest of our Christmas shopping done. And if you're like me, one year I walked into Walmart on Christmas Eve. Don't ever walk into Walmart on Christmas Eve, by the way. And people are upset about everything. I mean, it, it, you're in line and the the, cat, the person checking you out can't check you out fast enough. And they're yelling and they're griping about everything. Well, if you just get out the way, then I'll just pay you. You know, I'll give you $5 if you just hurry up and go on. You know, the price is right. Whatever they say is good. And people just act crazy when it gets close to Christmas and all the stress and the pressure. And I don't know, we, we got to finish. And then you get close to Christmas and you, ha- you forget that you, for- you forgot that one gift, right? You were so busy getting for everybody else and it's like, oh my gosh, I forgot to order that thing for my wife <laughs> or for my husband. And now you're on Amazon Prime, one day shipping, paying 13.99, so they can get it here in a hurry. <laughs> All the pressure, the pressure. Then there's the reality that sets in during the Christmas shopping or maybe even right around Christmas or a little bit after about how much money you just spent (laughs) and possibly how much debt you just accumulated over the last month of buying people presents that you only see once a year and you don't even really know what they like, but I just spent $29.99 on something for somebody and I'm going to give it to them because I don't know, you know, and my, my kids have to have the best stuff and so we're spending all this money on our kids and trying to get all, everything just perfect and then when it's all over, we're like, oh my gosh, I' we going to pay off the credit card bill. <laughs> we just got it all on a credit card. We just did all, you know, all this stuff, money we just spent. Think of what we could have just done with all that money we just spent on everybody else's Christmas gift and it, we get stressed out. And we st- when you stop and think about it, some of you right now, you're stressed out. And you're sweating right now because you're already thinking, he's right. We're not finished with all the shopping. And we've already accumulated some debt. And we're trying to figure out how we can, let's condense it down so that we don't have to get as much stuff, right? And there are all these distractions that we encounter every Christmas season that complicate Christmas, It makes it complicated. It distracts us. And if we're not careful, all of these complications and these things that we're trying to accomplish will distract us and cause us to miss out on what Christmas is all about. And I believe there's a certain portion of the Christmas story that shows us what this can look like if we're not on guard. And I want to read you seven verses here in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. It says, In those days Caesar Augustus made a law it required that a list of a list be made of everyone in the Ro- in the whole roman world it was the first time a list was made of the people while cor Qu- corinius well, his name was governor of syria all went to their own towns to be listed so joseph went also he went from the town of nazareth in galilee to judea that is where bethlehem the town of david was joseph went there because he belonged to the family line of david he went there with mary to be listed mary was engaged To him, she was expecting a baby. While Joseph and Mary were there, the time came for the child to be born. She gave birth to her first baby. It was a boy. She wrapped him in large strips of cloth. Then she placed him in a manger. There was no room for them in the inn. So I want us to focus for the rest of our time together really on this one phrase. And it's this phrase right here. I think we're going to show it to you on the screen. There was no room for them in the inn. There was no room for them in the inn. Now, many of you are aware of the fact that when Mary and Joseph arrived in Bethlehem, they pulled up to the hotel, right, wherever you stay, the Hampton, the Holiday Inn. They pull up to the hotel, and they go in, and they're trying to get a room. They're trying to figure out where can we stay, and I'm sure it's busy because everybody's going to their hometown, Because everybody has to be a part of, you know, we got to count all the people. we got to figure out how many people there are, so everybody's got to go back to where they're from so that we can get this census and know where people are and how many people are living and how many kids do you have and all this stuff. You know, the thing you get in the mail every 10 years where you have to fill it out, and it's a story of your life. So they're going back, and I'm sure it's busy. And so they pull up to the hotel, and instead of being taken to a room, they were told that there wasn't any place inside for them to stay, so they go out to a stable. And that's where Mary has baby Jesus. Now, if we stop and think about it for a moment, Mary's condition had to be obvious to the person who was working the front desk. She's nine months pregnant. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen somebody that's nine months pregnant. My wife is almost there. But it's pretty obvious that they're nine months pregnant. And it's about time for the baby to come. <laughs> and when they show up at the hotel, he has to notice that she's pregnant. You ever stop and think about this? He has to know whenever they're asking for a room, you know, oh, he's a pregnant lady. Oh, we don't have any room. We don't have anywhere for you to stay. Even though your condition is obvious and you really need somewhere to stay, We don't, there's no, there's no room here. There's nowhere for you to stay, no place for you to sleep here, which leaves us to ask this question. What was going on in this innkeeper's mind? Now, I don't know if you've ever, you know, maybe you read the Bible. I don't know if you've ever like read through the Bible and you actually stop and think about the things that you don't get the information for in the Bible. You know, the Bible just kind of goes right over this, and there was no room for them in the inn, so they went to the stable, they had the baby, baby Jesus was born, the wise men came, all this stuff happened, and you stop and think, okay, this guy's working the front desk of the inn, and this woman and, and this man show up, and she's nine months pregnant, the baby's about ready to come. What was going on in his mind that caused him to turn away somebody that was in that condition, that caused him to feel the pressure to not let them stay there well maybe it was he had lost his sense of compassion or maybe he was distracted by making money maybe if i let well if i let you room with somebody i'll make any more money if i let you stay in the lobby because you're in bad bad shape i won't make any more money because i'm not actually renting you a room maybe it was making i don't know the bible doesn't tell us Maybe he was more focused on the other people that were staying there. Well, it's really not good for business to have somebody in labor in the hotel next to somebody else who's a paying guest, right? And because it's not really good for business, and I don't want to, you know, disturb all the other people that are here. I really have good intentions. You know, I would let you stay here, but you're kind of pregnant. So... Mm, it's really not going to work out, but you know there's a place out here where the people won't, won't hear anything and they won't see anything and they won't know what's going on. We don't know what was going on in his mind, but it makes me ask the question, what could have been possibly going on in his mind that kept him from allowing someone in that condition some place to stay? I mean, a corner, a little cot, something. <laughs> yeah, come on in because I see the condition you're in, but what was going on In his mind, and whatever the reason was, this innkeeper ended up missing out on the miraculous entrance of Jesus, the Son of God, into the world because of whatever his thought pattern was that kept him from offering somebody a place to stay who was in serious need of a place to stay. Something was distracting him, something had his mind somewhere else. He wasn't focused on the real issue, he was focused on something else and if you go on and you read about the next 13 verses or so in this Christmas story another thing that I find interesting is you'll see that the shepherds were the first to receive the announcement that Jesus was born the shepherds now now in those days by human standards the shepherds would not have been the most important people in the community they would have probably been on the lower end of the community. So why is it that the angels announced to the shepherds that Jesus was born? Why why didn't they announce to the more important people that Jesus was born? You know, we got the religious people, the people who, you know, trying to to get everybody right with God, trying to do this and that. Why didn't they announce it to those people? Maybe just a theory Maybe it was because they were so distracted with trying to complicate everything for everybody. And this is what the Messiah coming is supposed to look like. And so this can't be it. That there was no way that the angels could tell them that Jesus had came because they wouldn't believe it, number one. Or they would argue with it, number two. Or they would be so distracted with everything else. Well, that's really not him because this is how he's going to come. It's going to be this this awesome scene and he's, the clouds are going to part and all this is going to happen. And we know what this is supposed to look like. And we're telling everybody else what this is supposed to look like. So why? didn't the angels tell the most important people that Jesus was born? Maybe it's because they were so distracted. All their political stuff, everything that they had going on in their life, and they missed the birth of Jesus, and later on, a lot of them missed the ministry of Jesus because of their distractions and how complicated they made things. So, how can we uncomplicate Christmas this season? We're, we're about to get super practical, <laughs> really, really practical. How can we uncomplicate Christmas? Because at the beginning of the message, we were all laughing <laughs> and smiling because we could probably see ourselves in one of those situations. Well, we're trying to decide where are we going, where are we not going, what are we doing, what are we not doing, we don't have all the gifts yet, we, everything's so complicated, everything's so distracting, all the advertisements, you know, you, you buy something online and then you get 37 emails in two days because you bought like, oh, get the, you bought this on Black Friday, now get the Cyber Monday deal and this and that, you know, and there's all this stuff, everything is so distracting. So how do we remove the distraction? How do we uncomplicate Christmas this season? and not allow the distractions to rob us of the most important thing. Here's the first thing, I believe, and you can write these down. You've got to identify your distractions. I told you (laughs) we're going to get really practical, but a lot of us, we don't ever identify. We feel so stressed out, we can't wait for New Year's to get here because everything goes back to normal because we're so stressed out because we've never identified what's stressing us out. We've never taken a moment to say, why do I feel so, why am I so anxious? Why am I so stressed? Why am I so distracted? Why is this so complicated? Why are we dragging everybody everywhere? Why are we doing all this stuff? And we never take a moment to ask those questions. And so one thing I want to invite you to do is on your, if you have a notes page, you should have a note sheet right there beside you in the chair you're sitting in or the one next to you. It's one thing I want you to do is just take a moment At some point, and write down, you can think of it right now. What is the most distracting thing? What is distracting me this Christmas season? What is making it so complicated? What is making it, you know, I've got anxiety because of this. What is it? Maybe it's one thing, two things, your top three things, whatever that is. But you've got to identify what they are. If you want to uncomplicate Christmas, you've got to figure out what complicates Christmas for you. Are you with me? Some of y'all are looking at me like, wow, this is super simple. Yes, it is super simple, but for some reason, myself included, we struggle with this. If you want to uncomplicate it, you've got to identify what actually complicates it. It could be the pressure to buy the right gifts, all the traveling you force yourself to do, all the money you always spend that you know you're going to regret after you get through the holiday season, the debt that you accumulate every year, the family members' that you're going to have to see that stresses you out. (laughs) That's a real thing. You get around people that they just stress me out. They don't even have to say anything. I just get in the room with them, and they just stress me out. I get anxious. I want to just punch somebody in the face (laughs) because I just have to be in the room with them. What is it? What are the things that distract you and complicate Christmas? Here's number two. After you've done that, you've got to remind yourself what Christmas is about. You've got to identify what complicates it for you, and then you've got to remind yourself. Come on, how many of you have to remind yourself sometimes of what Christmas or what, what things in your life, you're going through a situation, and you've got to remind yourself why you're there. You've got to remind yourself what this is really for, what we're really moving toward, what we're really working for, what our focus is, what our goal is. And it's the same thing with this holiday. You've got to remind yourself what Christmas is all about. Number one, that Christmas is about Jesus, the Savior of the world, being born. But I believe it can also be about, you know, spending time with your family. A lot of times kids, you know, kids are out of school for a couple of weeks. People are off work, you know, a, a couple of days around Christmas. A lot of times, at least on Christmas Day or maybe Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And it's an opportunity for you to spend time as a family, your your wife, your husband, your kids, remembering what Christmas is all about. It's about taking the time to teach your kids the true meaning of Christmas. And we're going to come back to this one here in just a moment. But reminding yourself what Christmas is all about. And here's number three. Here's number three, big shocker. You've got to make a plan. Make a plan. How many of you have ever had really, really good intentions that never, you never did anything with? <laughs> I know I should do this. I know this, this distracts me and this stresses me out every year. And I, I know that this is what Christmas is supposed to be about, but I never do anything about it because I never make a plan. I never take a moment to just sit down, make a plan, put it in my phone, put it on paper, talk about it with my spouse, figure out what this is going to look like for our family before it gets here. You've got to make a plan. After you identify it, you remind yourself, you've got to make a plan so that you can move your family from distractions to the true meaning of Christmas and what it's all about. How are we going to change the distracted or the complicated way that we experience Christmas into a peaceful, more enjoyable experience? And here's what I, here's what I believe I know. I know this about myself, and I believe I know this about you. I believe I know this about you. None of us want to dread this season. We don't want to. We do a lot of times, but we don't want to. We 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 kind of we like the Christmas season. We like the idea, we like the anticipation of of Christmas is coming up. I'm really excited about it, and then as soon as we get into like Thanksgiving time, everything kind of goes downhill. And we start getting anxious and stressed out. And angry at people and all this stuff we don't want to dread this season and none of us want to be in a whole bunch of debt if I was to go around the room today and said how many of you want a whole bunch of debt you just want tons of debt in your life you just want to owe everybody everything there would be nobody that would raise your hand because we hate owing people things whether it's a person or it's a credit card, or it's a bank, or whatever it is, none of us really want, now we do it, but none of us really want a whole lot of debt around this time of year. And I believe that we all, deep down, want to enjoy this holiday, and none of us want our kids to hate us because Christmas is always so stressful. A lot of times we overlook that one. None. Of, I don't. I don't think anybody in the room that has kids. You want your kids to hate you or hate Christmas? I hate this time of year because everybody's so stressed out and everybody's so mean. And we go here and 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 go here, and, go here and we gotta buy this present and gotta get this or whatever. And we never even really take time as a family to celebrate Christmas. None of us really want that. And I want to give you just some very practical questions to ask ourselves to possibly help us move from complicated Christmas to enjoyable Christmas. And these are some of the things we probably need to pre-decide. I pre decide. Not not when, you know, it's December the 14th and we're right in the middle of it and now we're trying to decide what to do. I think these are things that most of us are going to need to pre-decide like like right now. <laughs> we're we're just three weeks away from Christmas. If you haven't gotten into the whole hustle and bustle thing you're about to, you need to pre-decide on some things right now. Here's here's the first question. Where do we not need to go? Where do we not? How many times have you asked yourself, or you and your spouse have sat down and thought, where do we not need to go? Because if you don't ask this question, you'll go everywhere. Somebody says, oh, we're going to have... We want to invite you to this Christmas thing. Oh, okay, it sounds like fun. Oh, we want to invite you to this Christmas party. Oh, we got and we got the work Christmas party, and we got our own Christmas thing, and we got Grandma's Christmas, and we got Mom and Dad's Christmas, and we got all these other things. And you'll just you'll say yes to everybody because you just want to you want to please everybody. We talked about that last week. You want to make everybody happy, and it's Christmas, and I don't want anybody to be upset. But sometimes you have to sit down and say, where do we not need to go? Like. Maybe we need to condense it down and do these three things or these five things instead of doing these nine or the whatever. I don't know what that is for you because going everywhere and trying to do everything isn't always the best option. Here's the second one. What do we not need to buy? What do we not need to buy? You guys are seriously quiet. <laughs> like We're talking about not buying stuff at Christmas. Come on now. You're looking at the guy who we'll, we like, we said it and we're like, this is what we're going to get our kids, and we'll be walking through a store, and I'm like, oh, but they'd really like that. Oh, but that would be so cool, you know. And it's like, well, we said we were going to do this, and now we have all this stuff because there was no plan. <laughs> we didn't address it ahead of time. Like, what are we not going to do? What are we not going to buy? Here's number three this, I mean, this is just. This is mind blowing. I mean, this is just really gonna blow your mind. What is our budget going to be? We've already talked about how none of us really like having a whole lot of debt and we really don't like, you know, draining our savings account at Christmas time and then January first comes around and it's like, Dear Lord, <laughs> my New Year's resolution is to get more money because everything is gone. <laughs> It's all gone, and I don't know I don't know how we're going to do anything now. It's like we can't, none of us really like being in that place. And I think the solution is to set a budget for what you're going to spend on Christmas. To, to say ahead of time, this is how much money, and I don't know, that can be based on, you know, however much money you make in a year. It could be $500 at Christmas. It could be $2,000 at Christmas. I don't know. I think it needs to be a number that's not going to put you in a bind later. Because none of us really want that. But it's important. It's an important question to ask. Here's question number four. How many gifts are we going to get our kids? How many gifts are we going to get our kids? And I kind of hit on this a little bit when we're going through the store. It's like, okay, we said we were going to do this many gifts. And now we have three times as many. Because they would like that. And they would like that. And they would like that. But what if we pre-decided that that th- I'm going to uncomplicate this for our family. And we're going to decide ahead of time what our budget is, how many gifts we're going to get the kids, where we are and are not going, all those things. Here's number five. And this, this kind of goes with number one, but not really, because sometimes you can go see people and them not be far. But here's number five. How much traveling is okay for us? Because I don't know if you have, we have family that lives off and I don't know if you if you have family that lives off, but sometimes you got to ask yourself the question, especially in our scenario where we have four little kids right now, how much traveling is okay with us because I think you can do too much trying to go here and go there and do this and do that, and we want to be that, and we want to see that, and all these Christmas lights are over here, and oh, we want to do all this stuff. And then when Christmas comes around, we're like, I cannot wait for December the 26th to get here because I am so stinking stressed out right now. Of all the going, and we're so tired after it's over. We're so exhausted after it's over. Here's number six. What do we want to get out of Christmas? I don't know if you've ever asked this question before. What do we want to get out of Christmas? I'm not talking about material. I'm talking about what do you want your Christmas experience. When you look back on it, what do you want your Christmas experience to have looked like? What was the vision whenever you were going in, you know, it's September, October, Christmas is coming, I'm excited. What does that look like for you? And how are you going to accomplish that? What do you want to get out of Christmas? And here's number seven. I told you we would kind of come back to this, but what do we want our kids to know about Christmas? What do we want our kids to know about Christmas? When our children are grown, what do we want them to think about when they think about Christmas? And this is something that has just recently been on my heart. What do I want my kids to think about when they're 20 years old, 30 years old? When they think about Christmas, do they remember, well, mom and dad, you know, we just went everywhere and we did all this stuff and we never sat down for five minutes. We never had, you know, it's like the only day we got to ourselves was Christmas morning. And after that, it was just all running everywhere. What do you want or do you want your kids to remember that you took time for them that they were the most important thing, that you remembered what Christmas was really all about, and about Jesus and about family and about you know, the ones that you love, or do you want them to remember all the stress? And chances are, whatever your method is, your kids will probably follow. So however your kids experience Christmas now, or whenever you have kids, When they experience Christmas, if you don't have kids yet, you're ahead of the game right now. You can just go ahead and make plans for how you're going to do it whenever you have kids so you don't mess this up. But for the rest of us that have already messed it up, what do we want our kids to remember about Christmas? What do we want them to know? What do we want them to think about when they think about Christmas? I want to invite the worship team to come back up. I don't know if you've ever I don't know if you've ever even stopped to think about how sometimes Christmas can be so complicated. I don't know if you've ever taken a moment to stop and think, you know what? I am always stressed after Christmas. I am always anxious around this time of year. I'm always spending too much money. I'm going into too much debt. I got all this stuff going on. And I don't know if you've ever taken a moment to think about it, but I think there is a way if you want to. There is a way to uncomplicate Christmas. Because I don't think Christmas was ever intended to be complicated. I don't think the first Christmas was complicated. Jesus was born. It was announced to the shepherds. The wise men came. They were celebrating Jesus at the first Christmas. But somewhere along the line, we've gotten distracted. And we've turned it into Black Friday and Cyber Monday and Christmas Eve, don't be at the store on Christmas Eve because people are ugly and people are mean. Somewhere along the line, we've turned it into this thing that it was never intended to be. And I believe some of you might be here right now and you're thinking, you know what? This, These are the stupidest questions I've ever thought of in my life. That's fine. If you're in a place where you, like, you enjoy Christmas every year and you love the pace that you go at and everything is just, and, and you have nothing to change about how you experience this season, then we all need to learn from you. But for the rest of us who struggle with the going and going and doing and buying and all of this stuff, you know, and then after Christmas we're selling off other things that we didn't have because we're trying to get our money back. I think I think we need to uncomplicate because Christmas was meant to be enjoyed. Christmas is meant to be enjoyed, not dreaded. And I don't think anybody wants to dread it. I don't think anybody wants to to be glad when Christmas is over and I hate this time of year. I think we want to enjoy it because it's meant to be enjoyed and it's a celebration of the King of Kings and the Savior of the world coming into the, <laughs> coming into the world as a human being. But in order to enjoy it, there might be some things that we need to do and some questions we need to ask so that we can uncomplicate Christmas uncomplicating Christmas. And what? just think about what Christmas might look like to you. If you did just one or two or three of the things that we're talking about and you sat down and you had the discussion about a budget, you sat down and you had the discussion about this is what we're going to do and this is what we're not going to do, we're not going to overdo it, we're not going to run around everywhere trying to trying to do this and do that and do this and do that. If you just took a few of these things or the one that maybe is the biggest distraction to you and you tweaked it or you changed it or you did it a little bit differently this year, what, what could the Christmas season look like to you? What could it look like for your family? Not what has it looked like for your family. What could it look like for your family? Will you stand today? God, we thank you. Lord, I thank you right now that you, you want this season to be about you. That this holiday is meant to be about you. This holiday is meant to be enjoyed. And as we go through this message today and we go through this Christmas season and this series, God, I pray that you would help us to develop some new, some new things in our lives, some new habits, some things that maybe we need to change or get rid of or add to so that we can truly uncomplicate Christmas for ourselves. And get back to the place of just enjoying our family, enjoying who we're with, enjoying this season, enjoying our kids, enjoying our our, our husband or our wife. God, that we would get back to the place of being able to enjoy Christmas. With every head bowed and eye closed, I want to give you the opportunity if you're here today and maybe this is you and this has not been a message about salvation or or what Jesus did for you but if you're here and you you just feel that tug at your heart right now you're just in a place and you know man I just need to I need to give my life to Jesus I just that's the first thing that I need to do I don't completely understand how to walk this out you know what Jesus will go with you every step of the way He's promised to never leave you never forsake you, to help you through everything that you go through, and to give you life to the fullest. And I would just ask you today, if that sounds like something that you would like in your life, that you want the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who created the heavens and the earth to walk with you, and help you through things that you go through, and be your friend, and be in your life, if that's something that you want today, then we're just going to pray this, this prayer together. We're going to pray it all as a church family in celebration and in and, and, uh, uh, just honor of those that are making this decision for the first time. But if that's you, I want you to pray this with me. Let's pray this. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for loving me no matter what. I receive your forgiveness today. I admit that I'm a sinner. I give my life to you. Thank you for saving me. And help me to live for you. From this day forward, I want the life to the fullest that you have for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, come.